Welcome to the Deep Bible Studies Podcast, where we discover, explore, examine, and practice the Word of God. I'm your host, Claudia Rivera Guevara, and today we will continue our time in John 7, 25 through 31. And so, let's get started. Can this be the Christ? Some of the people of Jerusalem therefore said, Is this not the man whom they seek to kill? And here he is, speaking openly, and they say nothing to him. Can it be that the authorities really know that this is the Christ? So in this chapter, we have continually seen the constant questioning in regards to who Jesus is. He will actually point this out, as well as the problem of this confusion. This will then lead him to speak about the divided conviction that roots from confusion and how it's a huge stumbling block and a problem as well. Right now in this verse, we see the confusion because they were aware of the authorities seeking Jesus to arrest him and seize him, but they continued to see Jesus proclaiming who he is. We see this clearly when the crowd asks, can it be that the authorities know that this is the Christ? The question at hand for the crowd is, if this is the Messiah, what are we going to do about it? And it actually, I want you to ask this to yourself. If Jesus is who he says he is, and if what he did on the cross for guilty sinners is true, what are you going to do about it? The problem with the specific confusion in this verse is like I said, it doesn't lead to genuine conviction. And the definition of conviction is this, according to dictionary.cambridge.com. Number one, the fact of officially being found to be guilty of a particular crime or the act officially finding someone guilty, which that is for another day. But this is the one that I want us to focus on. Number two, a strong belief that is not likely to change. So though the first one is vital to the message of the gospel, in this specific context, we're going to focus on the second one. And an example of how conviction plays out is like this, and actually props to one of the counselors in the public school ministry that I am a part of who shared this because I did not come up with this. She basically explained, you can tell me that the sun is a square and that it's purple, and I will tell you that you're wrong. But if someone held a gun to my head to tell me that if I say that the sun is circular and yellow, they will shoot me, I wouldn't care to say that the sun is square and purple because life is more precious to me than being right. But that same person who has a gun on my head and tells me to deny Jesus, I have the conviction of who he is and what he has done for me and I cannot deny him because I know him and my belief is in him and my trust in him will not be wavered by death. Jesus himself says in Matthew 10, 28, and do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both the soul and the body in hell. This is clearly not what the crowd had conviction, for their fear of the religious leaders was much greater than their fear of God. Conviction from God leads one to faith and repentance. And if we cannot live for Christ, how do you expect to die for him? Also props to my counselor for that. Their question regarding their confusion of Jesus being the Messiah is due to the religious leaders not arresting him. Because if they did arrest him, that would mean to them that he is the fraud they all think him to be. As we will see in the next verse, all in all, this verse emphasizes the crowd's immense confusion, doubt, and disbelief, and how it ultimately served as a stumbling block for their salvation. 
verse 27 through 28 says, but we know where this man comes from. And when the Christ appears, no one will know where he comes from. So Jesus proclaimed as he taught in the temple, you know me and you know where I come from, but I have not come of my own accord. He who sent me is true and him you do not know. Jesus was actually being kind of ironic in this verse because he is pointing out how they think they know him, but only on a superficial earthly way. They only know where he comes from, like what we talked about last time, but they don't know him, not truly and not spiritually because they don't know the father. Yet as we have talked about before, God revealed himself to the Jews, leading and calling them his people. Yet. As we see in the scriptures, in sin they rejected him, not once or twice, but over and over again. And Paul actually speaks further about this in Romans 2, 17 through 20. He says, but if you call yourselves a Jew and rely on the law and boast in God and know his will and approve what is excellent because you are instructed from the law, and if you are sure that you yourself are a guide to the blind, a light to those who are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of children, having in the law the embodiment of knowledge and truth and verse 21 says you then who teach others do you not teach yourself while you preach against stealing do you steal anyways let's move on to the passage again where verses 29 through 30 say i know him for i have come from him and he sent me so they were seeking to arrest him but no one laid a hand on him because his hour had not come yet once again, we see God's sovereignty, as we actually talked about last time. They were seeking and planning to kill him, and they swore they would arrest him when they saw him. Yet they didn't over and over again, until it was according to the will of the Father, in which Christ willingly submitted to the Father's will right before the Jewish Passover. In Matthew 26, 36-39, we see Jesus in his humanity battling the temptation to enter into the gruesome and fearsome thing that is God's wrath in the place of sinners. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Yet he once again crushed the snake that we see in the scriptures in Genesis 3 by willingly submitting because further in the passage he says who for the joy that was set before him he endured the cross despising the shame and was seated at right hand of the throne of God and we see that in Hebrews 12. So right after that is actually when he got arrested revealing that God was always in control and we see that again in the passage a little further when he says while he was still speaking Judas comes one of the twelve and with him a great crowd with so swords and clubs from the chief priests and the elders and the people. Now the betrayer had given them a sign saying, the one I will kiss is the man, seize him. And he came up to Jesus at once and said, greetings rabbi, and he kissed him. Jesus said to him, friend, do what you came to do. They came up and laid hands on Jesus and seized him. And behold, one of who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, 
put your sword back into its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Do you think I cannot appeal to my father and he will at once send more than twelve legions of angels? But how then should the scriptures be fulfilled that it must be so? At the hour Jesus said to the crowds, Have you come out against a robber with swords and clubs to capture me? Day after day I sat in the temple teaching and you did not seize me. But all this has taken place that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all of his disciples left him and fled. And so I wanted to kind of point that out to show you that this was all according to God's will, everything. And that goes again to show the purpose behind this and the purpose and process that God has in everything. We see his love in that, that he didn't just arbitrarily forgive us, but instead he was just and he himself took that punishment. And so let's move on back to verse 31 where he says, Yet many of the people believed in him. They said, When the Christ appears, will he do more signs than this man has done? And this specifically is exactly where we see the divided conviction. For many believed in him, yet most actually denied him. And even seeing that Jesus himself said, The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the good news preached to them in Luke 7.22. Yet to the crowd, this was not glorious enough because it was not to their benefit. As we saw in John 5, this is the condition of the human heart. So again, I ask you, if Jesus is who he says he is, and if what he did on the cross for guilty sinners is true, what are you going to do about it? I mean, he took your place. He bore your sin. He took your shame and was crushed by the wrath of God, dying the death that all sinners deserve so that in his death we would die and in his resurrection we would be renewed and redeemed, justified by his righteousness, covered by his blood because he took our debt. Repent and believe as I talk about every time. I never want us to graduate from the gospel because that is not the believer's call. This is the gospel of salvation, but it is a gospel that we are to ground ourselves upon and praise God for. So every episode, be prepared because I have been mentioning it every single episode and I will continue to. So receive and trust the Savior, the Lord. Remain in Him for He holds you for all eternity. He holds you in His love. He holds you. We can't do anything for it. We cannot lose it, but it's all according to him and we will change and we will bear the fruit and we will praise his name for all of eternity, his holy name. Exodus 34, six through seven, which I've mentioned it before, but I think it's so beautiful in the way that the Lord is, he describes himself here. The Lord says, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands and forgiving the iniquity and transgressions and sins, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers and on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. Jesus is completely worthy of all blessing and honor and glory as the hymn says, and he is who he says he is. You can completely be sure about that. And the gospel is real and it changes everything. And just like the hymn says, oh, what amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretched like me.
You can find more information on our website, www.deepbiblestudies.com, where you will also find the calendar to go along with the book that we will be studying. You can also find us on Instagram, at Deep Bible Studies, and Facebook, where you can know every single time we post a new podcast. Also, we have an email, contact at deepbiblestudies.com, where you can ask us any questions and we will be sure to get back to you. I hope you have a wonderful day and see you next time.